Welcome to the Diet Doctor Podcast with Dr. Brett Schur. Here we are again with another remote podcast interview, and this time uh, it's with Jen Eisenhart, who is the founder of Wide-Eyed Productions, a, a video production company based in Idaho, and she's already won five Emmys. She's done a number of, of different documentaries about Idaho, about salmon, um, about nature, and now she's taken on the topic of nutrition, specifically the nutrition of fat and the dietary guidelines, uh, how we've been led astray as a country, and you know, sort of what are some of the details about that. And really, this film has a message of hope in it about um, about what we can accomplish uh, with a broader look at nutrition, specifically focusing on low-carb. And there are wonderful interviews uh, with physicians and a lot of the preeminent people in the low-carb world um, and some actual footage of doctors and their patients and this message of hope of, of what a doctor-patient uh, interaction can and should look like um, and the power that all this has. So in this interview, we, we talk about her personal experience um, her motivation for making the film, but also we have to be honest with ourselves and the nutritional community as a whole and certainly the low-carb community has some mythology and has some just accepted beliefs about what the dietary guidelines say or uh, what we think about vegetable oils. Um, and it's it's a, a, a documentary like this has to sort of toe the line. How much of the details do you do um, versus how much of the general picture do you portray so I think I think this interview talks about some of that, um, and hopefully you'll enjoy this to hear some of the process that Jen and her company went through in making this film, and then also the reach it has and how it can impact people and help people. Um, so enjoy this interview with uh, Jen Eisenhart, and make sure you check out our YouTube channel for Diet Doctor and DietDoctor.com, where you can see all of our uh, information to make low carb simple. Um, to see how you can incorporate it into your life to transform your health um, and even reach your clinicians and your physicians with our CME course and our um, our, our material for specifically for clinicians. All right. Thanks a lot. Jen Eisenhart, thank you so much for joining me on the Diet Doctor podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me on, Brett. I appreciate it. Well, I, I've got to be honest, I'm, I'm a little biased in this interview because I'm very thankful for you including me in this documentary that you did called Fat Fiction. Uh, it, was, it was a pleasure to be part of it. Uh, and I, I got to say, even, even though I was in it, I think it's a fantastic documentary. I think it's, it, the production quality is so good. Um, I really love the message. The people involved are, are top notch. And I think you did a wonderful job producing it and, and making it come to life. And, I'm, and I, I want to hear some, some of the background from you. What got you interested in this topic specifically? And give us a little bit of your process on how you came to this journey of making this documentary. Yeah. So um, I guess it's a long, it was a long time ago, I realized even as a kid that I just really had a problem with sugar. And whenever I would eat sugar, I would just feel badly. And I didn't really know why. And um, actually, at one point, I went through uh, diabetes testing as a child. It was thought that I maybe had uh, diabetes and because I would have these hypoglycemic events. Um, but I also really love sugar. And so I think I was just getting myself really buzzed on sugar and then crashing. And um, so I didn't really have so much of a a, a weight struggle as I just knew that I had trouble with sugar. And so I decided uh, 
about two and a half years ago to take a sugar detox class. And um, during that class, um, on the, in fact, the first night of that class, um, the instructor who is a nutritional therapist said, you know, not only do you need to cut out sugar, but you need to be eating a lot more fat. And that surprised me, I, including saturated fat, you know, was the message. And um, I had spent my career working as a news journalist. And um, I, you know, I can't tell you how many interviews I did over the course of my career with uh, nutritionists and dietitians, you know, just warning of the dangers of saturated fat and of fat in general. Um, I grew up in the low fat era. And so I experienced that whole phenomenon that surrounded, you know, that, that era. And um, so I started digging into this information. I started doing more research of my own. And um, I just realized that um, there really hadn't been a comprehensive film done about how we kind of got the story so wrong about fats. I mean, and mm -hmm. other films had kind of touched on it and in various ways, but I felt like, you know, really stepping through the history and also um, the science in, in a measured way could be a valuable thing for a lot of people. So Yeah, so it started as that personal journey and then sort of became your mission to put that out to the world for everybody to, to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. in fact, also we have, I have close family friends who are type two diabetic, um, have type two diabetes and have really struggled with that disease right. and, um, lost, you know, limbs in fact, mm. to, to that horrible disease. And so, um, I, I felt a reason to work on it on the project yeah. for those now, friends yeah. too. But let's be honest, when it comes to nutritional documentaries, the ones that are out there, I don't know, from my perspective, are pretty bad um, because a documentary is supposed to be as close to the truth, however you define the truth, as possible. And it seems like, you know, a lot of these mostly vegan documentaries, when you look at the ratio of propaganda to science or accuracy, it's very heavily weighted, in my opinion, towards propaganda. Now, they may not think so. The people who put these on may not think so. So, how did you approach it from that standpoint to say how you wanted to do this in terms of, you know, propaganda versus science? And I guess the harder part of the question is how do you get out of your own bias as you're going through it to say, am I hitting the right check marks? Yeah, I think it's difficult for all of us to get out of our own bias. Right. You know, um, but what I did in order to do that, I just reached out to the top people I could connect with in the field, the people that appear in the film. I mean, these are leaders in the low carbohydrate movement. And um, so I, first of all, reached out to those people and connected with them and set up interviews and consulted and um, dug into the story from that perspective. Um, another thing that we did is we didn't accept any food industry funding, which as a small production company, I can tell you is a very difficult thing to do mm -hmm. <laughs> um, to, you know, not take those dollars that could potentially influence the way the film came out or could give a perceived, you know, bias um, to the right. film. So we intentionally, you know, did this as a bootstrap production, you know, fully uh, we did a couple Indiegogo campaigns, you know, with some with individual donations that come in through an Indiegogo campaign. But um, so we intentionally didn't accept any of that kind of funding to to keep the film as unbiased as we possibly could. That's great. 
Did you get yeah. offers that you actually had to turn that you actually turned down? We we had people talk to us about, yeah. you know, you really should go after, you know, this company or that company. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they could help you fund it because it was a struggle um, to to get the film completed um, from a financial standpoint for a small company. Um, but we just, you know, stuck to our guns and, and didn't take it. And it took us a little longer to finish the film. Um, but then, then I, I, I wish we could have maybe gotten it done a little sooner. Um, but, but I'm glad we did it the way we did it. Yeah. Now, did you go back and did you watch what the health and game changers and cowspiracy, did you watch those as like your homework on either how to do or how not to do a nutritional documentary? Yeah, I definitely did. I've watched so many (laughs) nutritional documentaries and, and read so many books too. I mean, that was a real challenge too, is, you know, the folks that we interview, you know, as you know, a lot of these folks have two and three books out, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, just doing all of that research, reading the books, watching the other films and, you know, you're right. I mean, unfortunately, um, a lot of these documentaries set the bar pretty low, you know, in terms of production and, and how they're, how the films are presented being, you know, obviously from someone's point of view. Um, so we really, we, we tried to raise that bar and produce a piece that we could be proud of, but not just that, that would connect with the general public. You know, a, a lot of time and attention was spent to the script and in writing it in a way that was accessible to a broad range of people who, who might not want to read a nutrition book. You know, my, my dad is a perfect example. You know, here's somebody who he, he, he'd love to watch a documentary like that fiction, but he's not going to pick up a book and uh, a nutrition book. He, he likes to read, right. but he's not going to pick up a nutrition book and read about, you know, how he can get his health back. Um, yeah. But he'll watch a film. And, and so those were the people that we really tried to direct the film toward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and, you know, I guess I should clarify when I say the bar is set pretty low, I think the bar set really high from a production standpoint and a basically a, a glorified commercial standpoint. I mean, um, this is the, what the health and um, game changers, they, they were very well done, but I think that the accuracy and the, the bias just was raging in those, or the, the accuracy was low and the bias was, was high. And so I think, I think it's very tough for a filmmaker for you to really walk that line because you have a point you're trying to make. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, you have to, I guess you have to be careful in how far you go to make that point. So, I mean, did you have anything to, to be a check and balance on you as you were going through that? And that's kind of a, maybe a hard question. Yeah, that is a tough, a tough line. Um, because I've also seen films that just present the problem and don't offer a solution. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, in, an, in, in the effort to be unbiased. You know, so yeah. I, I think our film could be accused of being biased because we do present low carb as an opportunity for people to reverse type two diabetes. So, um, but we very specifically did not take a position on, um, you know, being vegetarian low carb, being vegan low carb. I mean, these are options we did very intentionally didn't want to get into that fight because, and that's actually one of the things that I really appreciate about Diet Doctor is presenting options for people who have all different kinds of ways that they like to eat for ethical reasons, religious reasons. Um, so we very intentionally didn't want to get into that fight. But I, 
I think that, you know, someone could accuse the film of being biased because we do present the low carbohydrate diet as a, as a great way to reverse many chronic diseases. So, yeah, I think that's a good point though. You're not just presenting the problem with no solution because then someone's left saying, well, what do I do? <laughs> now yes. What? Yes. Yeah. And, and there are other very good nutrition films that have done that, that they mm -hmm. present, they focus on the problem. That's the entire film is spent on the problem. And then as the credits roll, there's a couple ideas for maybe how you could eat. <laughs> and, um, and so I didn't want to do that either. I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to lose the message in, in trying not to take any position at all, you know? Right. Right. Now, one of the things I, I really love about the film is that it shows what a doctor-patient relationship or a doctor-patient interaction can be and should be. I mean, the way you followed Dr. Brian Lenskis um, and and uh, was Alyssa Gallagher, yeah, um, and you followed them in their interactions with their patients and their clients, and the the message of hope. And I mean, what I hope is that people watching would say that's the kind of doctor I want to have. That's the interaction I want to have with my doctor because it can be that message of hope. And it's unfortunately not what so many people see or have in their interactions. So I'm curious, as you were going through this, following Dr. Lenskis, seeing his patients, I mean, I'm sure you could feel that. And, and what was that experience like for you? It, it was such a cool experience. Well, and thank you. You were the one who told me about Brian Lenskis. <laughs> and um, when we interviewed you at, uh, in Denver, and um, I was so appreciative that you told me about him and I immediately started pestering him. <laughs> I think he had to call you back and try and figure out who is this girl who keeps calling me. Um, but yeah, we went down and spent uh, three days with Brian and filming with him and filming with his patients. And it was so wonderful. I mean, it was so, just as you've described, so hopeful. It mm -hmm. was so great to see a physician becoming, you know, more than just a health coach, but a cheerleader and, and the, and the, and the team is winning, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it was just wonderful to be a fly on the wall and, and to get to interview his patients. We, we set up the, a panel of, of five of his patients and interviewed them. And I don't think Brian had even really absorbed, uh, what, he had done for these people until that moment. And he, he got really choked up. Wow. He was in the back of the room and, and, you know, tears coming to his eyes, you know, just hearing and witnessing his patients talk about what he's done for them and for their lives. I mean, I know, I know, you know, um, he knew that at, at a certain level, but I don't think it, it kind of hit him all at once um, to hear his patients lined up you know, talking about, you know, what an amazing change it's been for their lives. So, so it, it was very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Did you have other moments as you were going through this that surprised you or really inspired you as you were doing your, your research and filming the film? Yeah. I'm, um, well, Alyssa Gallagher, she's a local uh, dietitian and certified diabetes educator here in Boise. And uh, it was fantastic to connect with her and hear her story. Um, because, you know, I, uh, Professor Tim Noakes' story and Gary Fetke's story, we've heard very much about, you know, in the news about them being, um, vilified and attacked, you know, for practicing, uh, low carb, but here's a local, uh, gal right here in my own small community who was afraid 
to, to speak out and afraid to practice low carb. So she had to do it very quietly, you know, at first, because she, you know, she saw that here's some pillars of the low carb community being attacked um, and threatened with losing their licensure, you know, um, over practicing this, but she's, she continued, you know, and here's someone who's just really bravely um, helping patients in her own, you know, small community. And so it's pretty neat to connect with her and, and hear her story. And then also hear the story of her, her patient, Judy, who was so wonderful, who spent so much time with us and shared her story with us and who is still on her journey, um, but is doing really well. And, and so that was a neat experience. And yeah. um, the other really fun thing was the continuous glucose monitor experiment. That was really fun. <laughs> Right. So that was a great part of the film that, which, you know, I didn't know was going to be in it until I, until I saw it. Um, and I thought, wow, that was really cool. So you did an actual, your own little mini experiment where you had three people, um, wearing continuous glucose monitors, eating a low carb, high fat diet, and then switching to a low fat, higher carb diet. And you kind of, you, you had them track what their CGM readings were and how they were feeling. And it was the, the result, I mean, I guess, Maybe we shouldn't give it away as a spoiler, but the result was uh, pretty clear which everybody favored and which their bodies favored with the CGM. Yeah, yeah, and and the and the people going into it weren't sure which one they were going to favor, but then right. it was pretty. It was universal across our very small cohort here, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, they all three experienced uh, very similar results, and it was kind of disturbing and a little bit scary actually the first day when they switched from. Uh, the low carbohydrate week, which we did the first week to the low fat week, which we did the second week. Um, one of the gals on the first day on the low fat week, I mean, her blood sugar shot up over 200 hmm. and, uh, she, she, she got worried about that. She's yeah. just like, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it the whole week. She, she did end up making it the whole week, but she didn't enjoy it very much. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's interesting. These were not people who are already low carb or keto. This was new to them. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a great part of it. And it's not a scientific experiment. It's, no. you know, it's three yeah. people, but it, it surely it sure made for interesting footage and and food for thought, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Now, now the other big part, the other big message of the film is um, how we were led astray, basically, whether from the dietary guidelines from the 1950s to the 70s. To now, how the path has sort of led us down a path of telling us what we should eat and how it really hasn't worked out. Um, so, what did you? What kind of research did you put into learning about all that? Because that's something that a lot of people just sort of take for granted. And, and um, yeah, um, well, it started with uh, Nina Teichel's book, The Big Fat Surprise. Reading her book, um, reading Gary Taubes's books, um, and doing you know reading their in-depth research that they've spent decades collecting and then reaching out to them and talking to them, consulting with them and interviewing them. We, we actually interviewed Nina on two separate occasions for the film um, and learning all about the research that she has done, um, which is a lot of what, what we do with a documentary is we reach out to the top experts in the field um, and we interview those people um, and we tap into their expertise to share with the film. Um, then we also 
did our own research and and looking at some of the studies, um, for example, the Minnesota coronary experiments and going back to those original documents and and looking at that information and um, in order to tell that story uh, correctly. So, so it's clear you had a lot of homework and research to do about the dietary guidelines. Um, now, one of the interesting things that's prevalent in the nutritional world and certainly in the low-carb world is there are some subtle misunderstandings of the dietary guidelines and, and the language we use um, that sort of gets passed down. And of course, at Diet Doctor, we have Adele Height on our team who did her entire research thesis or PhD thesis, PhD thesis on the nutritional guidelines. And so she knows more about the nutritional guidelines than probably most people. And I've learned a lot from her about mistakes I've made just in the way I verbalize you know, what the dietary guidelines are, how they influence the food pyramid, whether it's a, a low-fat diet. And, and so I'm curious, as you've gone through this, have, has, has some of that kind of now processed in, in your brain too to say, oh, these are some misconceptions that we have? Yeah, I, I, I feel like the film um, stepped through in a very um, thoughtful way the effects of the net effects of the dietary guidelines and and the explosion of the processed food industry and our increased consumption of sugar due to you know taking the fat out of these foods and and so it it uh, increased sugar in all these processed foods and I felt like we really stepped through that pretty well in the film and and that it wasn't one single thing mm-hmm. um, but I think maybe maybe our use of, of saying the low fat diet um, is maybe what triggered Adele um, and um, and in, in my mind, we, we were discussing the net effects of the era of the low fat diet and, and all that, you know, like the dietary guidelines were kind of the match that lit the flame on this series of, of things that, that coincide with the launch of the obesity epidemic. And I think Zoe Harcomb said it pretty well. She said, you know, we can't, it's not causation. We can't say it definitely caused it, but sure as anything, we need to look at, you know, what happened right around 1980 and, and, uh, and, and what could have caused this. And so that's what we attempted to do was to step through the various things that happened during that era and how that impacted uh, or, or may have contributed to the obesity epidemic. Yeah, that's a great summary. I really like how you said that um, because I think, I think that's where we get into trouble where we say the dietary guidelines cause the obesity epidemic or the low fat diet cause the obesity epidemic. But the way you described it there was perfect. And, and I think, you know, some may say it doesn't matter because the dietary guidelines set up the situation and the environment for the diet to fail. Basically it's set up. Um, so there, there was destined to fail from the beginning, especially once the processed food companies came in and said, all right, well, you're going to lower the fat in your diet. People are going to be hungrier. We can market low-fat, healthy foods that are now high in carbohydrates, high in sugar, high in seed oils. And and people started eating that, be, you could say indirectly or directly, because of the environment right. that was created by the dietary guidelines. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, we, I mean, I mean, I lived through that era. I remember, you know, everything was low fat, low fat, low fat, cut the fat, cut the fat. There was such a focus on fat and, you know, yes, the dietary guidelines also told us to cut sugar. They did, but 
What happened though was the focus became low fat and the formularies for all those processed foods just included more sugar. Cause when you take the fat out of food, you know, as Sarah Hallberg said in the film, <laughs> instead of tasting like cardboard, at least it can taste like sweet cardboard. You know? Sweet cardboard. <laughs> yeah, I right. love that line. Which, which I find so interesting about the guidelines, right? Because it was lower the fat and lower the sugar, mm-hmm. but somehow it was still enough to say it's healthy as long as you lower the fat, regardless of the sugar. So somewhere in there, it's like almost like people were turning a blind eye to the sugar right. part of it. And that's where all this conspiracy theories come in. But I've heard you say that, no, I, you've, you've been on record saying, I don't think it was a conspiracy theory. Um, right. Yeah. Well, it, I, it does seem to me from the research that we've done, I mean, the people at the time were, were recommending what they thought was the healthiest way to, for people to eat. Um, but I do feel like from the interviews we've done and the research we've done that what happened is they jumped ahead of the science, um, and made recommendations that weren't based in, in sound science. And unfortunately it just kicked off this storm of, you know, events that just built up and, and they definitely didn't prevent the obesity epidemic. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right. And, and sort of that was their job. Their job was to promote something, some recommendation that would help the population be healthier. And mm-hmm. instead it went the opposite way. So at its best, it failed to do its job. At its mm-hmm. worst, it contributed. And mm-hmm. you can sort of decide where in there it lies, I guess, right? Well, and, and also you have to eat something, right? Mm-hmm. So if you cut back on fat, you have to eat something. So a lot, and in many cases, and we say that in the film, that something else is carbohydrates. Right. Um, start, and especially starchy carbohydrates is where, where we tended to go with it. Right, right. And now did you, did you do much um, research also on things like vegetable oils, which are a little outside of the dietary guidelines? That's sort of like its own special unique situation that also has some misconceptions and some debate even within low carbon healthy communities. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I had quite a few conversations with a gal, Dr. Chelani at um, University of Minnesota, and um, she's conducting some pretty amazing research. Um, we we couldn't end up interviewing her in the film, um, but but she allowed us to use her research. And her studies, and she just she drove around to restaurants in her neighborhood, and and bought French fries and fried foods, and took them back to her lab and and tested those foods. And what she found were compounds of aldehydes, toxic aldehydes that that mm. uh, you know uh, are just not good for us. And um, so her her research was a lot of what we set that um, story upon. And then we also looked at the Minnesota coronary experiment and, and you know, the interviews with, you know, you and, and Nina and Andrew Minty, who's an obesity researcher involved in the PURE study. And, um, and so, um, yeah, that's how we structured that story. Yeah. And, and and it is a fascinating story because because there's so much conflicting evidence and um, the the mechanistic evidence looks so so um, so damning for vegetable oils and seed oils because the mechanistic evidence just looks like they're terrible and then yeah. you have randomized controlled trials like the 
uh, Minnesota coronary experiment. And then you have observational trials that show no people who have more seed oils actually do better than those who don't. And, and so you have to scratch your heads and get into all the, the nuanced details. And I think yeah. this brings up an interesting point for a documentary like you're trying to create. You need to know where to draw that line. Like where, where are we getting too much into the weeds and we're going to start to lose people and yeah. it's too much detail, but yet enough detail to satisfy people that we've, we've really looked into this and are answering it appropriately. So that's, that's a hard role for you as well, isn't it? It is a hard role. And, but, but to me, initially the film was actually called big fat lie. And, um, and in, in my mind, the big fat lie, um, and why I wanted to title it that was when we were told to quit eating natural fats and we were told to begin eating processed fats, um, processed industrials, seed oils, that that would be more healthy for us. Mm -hmm. And at the time, those were trans fats. You know, when we were first were told to switch to processed vegetable oils, um, at that time, they were they were trans fats. Right. And so that was a, a terrible, terrible recommendation to make to, to the general public. And Jason Fung goes into that in detail um, in the film. And so I did want to include that in the film. And, and I understand, um, there is still some debate about the healthfulness of, of processed vegetable oils, but I definitely think it was worth, uh, discussing the, the fact that when we first were told to switch to those, they were trans fats. And, and that was, that was not a good thing to, to switch to at that time. Right. And, you know, my conclusion, I've, I've done talks and videos about the dietary guidelines. And my conclusion is always, should we really be asking the government what we should eat? And is that sort of, did you kind of come to that same conclusion that this was all just misguided from the beginning and we need to get away from it? Or do you have hope that we can sort of redo the guidelines in a way that'll be more beneficial? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I think that the work of the Nutrition Coalition, um, Nina Teichel's work to try to add a true low carbohydrate option to the dietary guidelines is a worthwhile effort Mm -hmm. Um, because the dietary guidelines do affect so many food programs in this country. I, I think it would be pretty tough to unravel that at this point, right, because they affect our school lunch programs, they affect food programs for the elderly, for the military, for there's all these food programs that we're involved in. And if we just eliminated the dietary guidelines, well, then how would we decide how could, you know, what would be the the means by which we then decide, you know, how these food programs can formulate their, their, um, the food. So yeah. it feels like it'd be pretty tough to unravel that. So I think pushing for a true low carb option in the dietary guidelines would be a good thing to focus on. Yeah, certainly an uphill battle, but hopefully yeah. make progress. Yeah, sure seems like an uphill battle. Yeah, pushing for actual science and pushing for a low carb option, which sort of sort of go together. So it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, how's the film been received? What's what's what have you heard from either the public and critics and you know, the vegan side of things. Like, I'm curious, what have you heard from all that? Surprisingly, we haven't heard much from the vegan side of things. I thought we might be subject to um, criticism there, but I, you know, uh, in my heart of hearts, I, I wanted to include the vegan community in, in our film. I, you know, we didn't take a position on that for a reason because it's not, it's not a keto versus vegan 
film. You know, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a how to get your health back film. And there's right. a variety of ways you can do that. Um, the, the reviews on uh, the Amazon platform where we get most of our viewership have been amazing. Um, you know, people talking to about how finally now my father-in-law gets it. You know, he's never understood it until he saw your film and he now he finally understands it. He's, he's gone low carb and he's cut his uh, insulin medication in, in half, you know, already. And it, there's just review after review after review like that of people who um, uh, are able to receive the message through a film form that, that maybe they hadn't been able to receive um, prior to prior to this. So that's been really exciting. And um, I'm just so happy that the film could have that kind of positive effect. And, and that's been the, you know, the majority of, of the feedback on the, on the film has just been overwhelmingly positive. So. It's got to feel great to read those reviews and know you had a hand, a big hand, the majority of the hand in, in making that happen. I mean, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. I'm just glad that it can help people. That's really, I'm just, I'm just so, it's just so wonderful to be able to put something out into the world that, you know, people don't, they don't have to buy anything. They don't have to, it's not a gimmick, you know, it's just uh, good information that, that people can use to help take their health back. Yeah. So, so what's next? Are you going to do more? nutritional documentaries? Are you going to move on to something else? What do you think? Well, we're kind of looking at a couple different projects right now. We actually also have been working on some a really great project for um, one of the world's great um, conservation organizations that's dedicated to um, protecting birds of prey around the world. And so mm -hmm. we've been working on that project and um, that's been pretty fascinating. And yeah, I think we'll probably keep a hand in this nutrition world. We're definitely in support of the film, um, putting out more clips and more information on social media just to um, help people find the film and, and support the film. There's, I mean, we have so much great material. I mean, just the interview with, that we did with you, I was just talking to our editor about that today. We have so much more material that didn't make the final film. So we've talked about maybe doing some other little clips that could be helpful, um, informative, and uh, support the film. So we'll see. Don't worry, I'm not offended if part of if part of my interview got cut off. It was, I mean, it was such a great. There was so much good quality in there that I understand why mine didn't make it. Don't worry, don't worry, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, where can people find it? Because I know you you mentioned Amazon, and I know that you can set up screening. So tell tell us more about that too. Yeah, so um, the film's on Amazon. Uh, so you just go to Amazon and search up Fat Fiction. You'll find it there. Our website is fatfiction.movie. So we, we always keep that updated. So um, the, it's kind of appearing on new platforms as time goes on. So um, you can check there to, to find out where it is. And then, you know, we released on March 13th, which was, um, I think, the Friday before the lockdown happened for COVID-19. And so we had um, 50 screenings set up across the country um, for the film in, in theaters, and they all had to be canceled. Um, but we've switched to doing some um, 
virtual watch parties on a platform called FanForce TV. And um, that has been fine-tuned and um, is working working pretty well. We did one just last week with a nutritionist um, uh, down south who hosted a virtual watch party with a whole bunch of her clients. And um, what's fun about that is everybody signs up watches the film all together at the same time. And then we've had par- people participate in a, in a Q&A afterward. You've participated in a couple of those, which we right. really appreciate. And that has been really cool because then after the film plays, people can ask more questions and, and get even deeper uh, understanding of, of how they could uh, adopt this kind of lifestyle. So the virtual watch parties have been pretty cool. And um, those are on FanForce TV. And you can find out how to how to host a watch party on our website. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us here today to talk about your film and uh, the impact it's having on people. I think that's that's pretty impressive. Thank you, Brett. I appreciate you having me on. I really do and appreciate your support for the film and appreciate you taking the time to be in the film and also in the Q&As. I know you are a super busy guy and we really appreciate you taking the time to do it. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing more from you in the future. All right. All right thank you.